Hey friends, it's Kristen here. If you are listening to this in real time, then it is about the end of December, which for a lot of us, either we have just finished the first semester or we will finish it when we return back from the break. And I was on social media and a group that I follow, they were talking about ending out the semester and giving surveys and collecting feedback from students, which I think is awesome. That is great to collect some feedback at the end of a semester, but it's also imperative that you get frequent student feedback. So throughout the entire term or semester so that you can make improvements. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. I was shocked when I started teaching and I would hear what students would say about my colleagues and about the classes that they were taking. It was like they had no filter and I don't know if they forgot that I was in the room or they just talk about this kind of things with their friends, but they are very candid about how they feel about various classes, the assignments that they're having in those classes, the teachers themselves, and they don't hold back. Now, the only way that they hold back is if they feel like that particular teacher knows. So we're going to get into some tips on how to utilize and get frequent student feedback and some tips that I've learned over the years that have made it so that I could actually improve my teaching from that feedback. A story that I want to start with is not one of my shining moments as a teacher, but in my first year of teaching, my principal came in to give me a summative evaluation. And this was, I think it was probably like February or March. And after he came and observed my class, he had me meet with him and do his, the post-conference. And he point blank asked me, would you take your class? I thought I had done a fairly good job. I had taken resources from another teacher who had been teaching for a couple years, a lot more than I had. And I was doing a PowerPoint and essentially leading my students through a very content rich lecture. Um, But yeah, it was pretty crappy. I wouldn't have wanted to take it. There were much better ways for me to teach those concepts that would have been a lot more hands-on. But at the time, I felt like I got this content from someone else, it was going to be stellar, and all I needed to do was present it. And I probably could have saved myself a lot of time and energy and heartbreak, I guess. I was pretty upset after he'd asked that question as a fragile new teacher, but if I would have asked my students their feedback on the class. As I've continued teaching, I've also learned how much the 
conversations with my students with potential future students have really impacted whether or not they take my class. So if they don't like something that's going on in the class or if they find it boring or if it was just not what they were expecting, they're going to tell other people. And usually they tell people about the negative things that are happening instead of the positive. So you've got to think about how your feedback or taking feedback from students can actually directly relate to increasing your enrollment. So if that's your goal is to increase enrollment, then you want students to be satisfied with your courses and what they are learning within. One step a lot of teachers forget as well is they collect feedback, but then they never implement it. And if they do implement it, so if they collect feedback at the end of a semester, well, they're implementing it for a new group of students, those students don't see that you've made those changes. And so it makes it difficult for them to reflect and decide whether or not your class ended up being good and whether or not they liked you as a teacher. So if you can have your feedback more free frequent during the term and then be very honest with your students and saying, hey, we're going to change this because I got feedback from your surveys, then the students realize that they actually have a voice in the feedback that they are giving and that you, they have a difference. They can make a change in your class and that you are a real person and that you will take their feedback. Now, not all feedback is going to be great, but you will get some nuggets here and there that will really help you change things. And maybe it's as simple as they prefer when you turn in assignments a certain way. They like paper, pencil things rather than online or they liked how you had a bunch of examples of different levels of proficiency for a certain assignment that helped them know what they should be shooting for. One bit of feedback that my students gave me is they wanted to have a little bit more voice and choice in when we turned assignments in because somehow all of my assignments were aligning with a couple of the other classes and their due dates and they wanted to be able to be a little bit more flexible so that they could focus on one thing or another. That was something I had not even thought about and I didn't talk to all the other teachers in the building to see which dates they were having things and which day we needed to coordinate. So it was really helpful to have that feedback from my students so that I could allow them to have a say and then also help them be less stressed out when we had a project due. So now that we've talked about the importance and the why behind having frequent student feedback, let's think about actually formulating what this questionnaire survey form will actually look like or what it could look like. Now, here are some key things. My students don't like to take surveys and they especially don't like to take surveys that take longer than five minutes. If you're telling them it's going to take five minutes, they want to finish it in two. They'd rather go through and just hit the middle or like C, 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 and answer the whole thing without actually giving you feedback. They'd rather just get it done. 
a tip for actually getting them to complete it is to assign it as some sort of bell ringer or at the beginning of class rather than an assignment or homework. You're more likely to get them completed and get it done if you do it during class. So that's kind of like a side note, but students tend to rush through things so if you can have it as concise as possible at the beginning of your class, then hopefully you can get some reliable feedback. The other thing is, is that I've learned from doing research for my graduate programs is that if you use a Likert scale, so the one that they rate, so you rate from one to 100 or whatever, if you use a scale like that, and preferably if you do something like one to four, and you have it as an even number instead of odd, then you eliminate the fence sitters. So when even when I was answering a survey earlier today, there was a question and it was one to five. Well, I didn't really know which way to go. So I did three. And it is so easy to be a fence sitter, which really doesn't give you any feedback. You want to know, even if it's a two or a three out of four, which way they're leaning. Are they leaning more towards that they really liked it or are they leaning more towards they didn't like it at all? So one to four is great for your Likert scale. Those are also the easiest questions to answer, but I like to follow up with those type of questions with a follow-up question on how they got to that number. Follow up with some sort of why. The other thing that I really like to ask students is, would you recommend this class to a friend? That's a big one, especially when we're talking about recruiting. You want to know, are they willing to tell people about it? And maybe you're planting a little seed so that they actually do tell somebody about it. Next, you can add a couple of short answer questions. And a lot of times I would usually make those so they weren't required, they were optional. And then the students who really wanted to answer them would answer them. But you could ask questions like, what did your teacher do well? What could they do better? What would make this class better? What was your favorite or least favorite activity? What did you learn from this class? What do you think you can apply to another class? And finally, I always ask a question at the end that's like a general feedback question. Is there anything else you would like your teacher to know? And once again, as a reminder, you keep all of this anonymous. So even if you're using Google Forms and you might be a Google school, try to make it so that it does not collect their email addresses. That makes it better for you and for your students because then you won't create any biases against or towards any student. So I've already mentioned that you can use Google Forms to create these surveys. And quite frankly, they're pretty much the easiest right now, especially if you already have a Gmail account. Um, I have used SurveyMonkey or Wufu as well, but know that some of those do cost money and they do have some extra features, but they may or may not be necessary and Google Forms might be the way to go. 
you may also consider just giving it paper pencil. Still not having the students write their name on it, but if that works better for your class and your students, just do it that way. It might take you longer to comb through some of their information, but at the same time, sometimes it would be like an exit ticket where I actually preferred it being handwritten because then I would actually look through their feedback quickly rather than waiting on a separate day to go through all of it. So I have a pro tip for if you are using Google Forms and you would like to have all of your responses in a single spreadsheet, it will be in multiple tabs, but in a single spreadsheet, it is possible on how to do that and you can just Google it. But if you go to my website, kristenmasick.com and go forward slash episode 13, I will have a video that will actually show you how you can create this one single spreadsheet with the multiple tabs. I had started to explain it for the podcast and it did not make any sense whatsoever when I was just verbally explaining it. It's really something that you need to see. So my hope is that at the end of this term or semester or wherever you are at this point in your courses that you will be able to implement some of these tips today to collect some formative, frequent student feedback to improve your teaching and improve your enrollment for the next term or next semester. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please subscribe and also share with your other teacher friends who would benefit from receiving frequent student feedback. Until next time.